Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Fat Chats with Kina. I'm Kina Lone Khape, and I'll be overly engaging you on things that take place in my imagination, normally during a shower, but as we're coming to learn, very interesting things take place in there. This time around, I was grappling with how to put together the perfect CV. Needless to say, there's no such thing. <laughs> so, I've come to understand that it's not merely typing out about yourself on a Word doc and then converting it into a PDF. In some instances, you need something bold and creative so you can stand out, while in others, you're expected to put a picture, and in others, a picture is an absolute bad idea. Along this journey, I got to speak to a lady called Emma Obita. Emma has spent the last nine years working as a marketing and communications consultant across multiple industries with several big name brands. She has a heart for sharing knowledge and wisdom from her own experiences to help people better navigate their professional lives. Emma is many things at once, a creative and a corporate, <laughs> corporate guru and she's dabbled into theater and film. She is potentially an aspiring DJ if you dig a little deeper, but for the purpose of this podcast, we'll focus on the experience that has helped her better understand the work workplace that she can impart with us so that we can better navigate the space. We touch on networking, we touch on company cultures, we touch on corporate sexy, which leads us into a conversation about learning how to present yourself for the space and company that you want to work in. We also touch on not being shy to really call out your accolades in your CV so that you can stand up and lending from the confidence, exuberance and boldness of the Nigerian culture and Nigerian people who don't shy away from letting people know how good they are at things. Now, Emma and I have already tackled the formalities, so we're going to get straight into the podcast from here. Ems, thank you once again for joining me. Can we start the conversation around workplace culture, understanding it, and knowing how to better navigate it depending on where you end up or where you're striving to end up? So I've, I've worked in corporate I would say for the past between five and six years um, before that I mostly worked in um, smaller owner managed businesses or um, I worked for uh, an arts charity for about four years um, and going into corporate was a whole other ball game um, there were a few things that I wish someone would have sat me down and sort of advised me on before I'd actually made the venture um you know you spoke about you mentioned culture yeah. and cultural fit is really important because it, you know if we can just sort of try to understand what what exactly we mean when we say culture um and it's essentially just the way that people the style in which people relate to one another within the organization mm. is it a bit more casual or is it a little bit more formal um do people prefer to have sort of face-to-face -face meetings frequently or um, do people prefer to do sort of emails or other forms of correspondence um, and then also just generally I think there's also an instinctive feel to it mm. do you naturally feel even from the point of interview that the people that you're engaging with or who are interviewing you do you feel that sort of natural chemistry or or gel between um, you and them mm. So these are all these are all things which you really need to be sensitive to. Um, otherwise, you might end up in a place that doesn't fit you at all. Um, it's also really important. Um, let's say that you've gone through the job interview, whatever the, the job application process, and you've been called in for an interview. Um, try and make friends with people who who actually already work there. Yeah. Um, because that will give you hopefully an honest depiction of what it's actually like to work there because there's a big difference between how people present themselves in an interview mm -hmm. as opposed to how they then sort of will relate to you within the actual natural habitat of the specific organization 
So that's why networking is super important and there should never be a time in your life when you're not networking. Even after you found your dream job and you're working in your dream organization, you need to be constantly um, exposing yourself to the world and allowing people to sort of have access to you um, through networking opportunities, whether that's online, social media, like LinkedIn, even Facebook becomes a useful tool. Um, And, you know, like attending conferences, summits all of that sort of thing meeting people within your industry and and beyond Mm. um, because you need to be constantly connecting with people you never know when when a connection will come in handy um and you know in this in this world of constant sort of employee turnover and people are constantly looking for new jobs and new opportunities you want to be able to have spread your or be in a position where you've spread your or cast your net wide um to sort of capture as many interesting people as possible so would you say, right, <laughs> sounds frivolous, but that there are people who've forfeited positions, no matter how good they pot- potentially would have been at the job, mm-hmm. just because they didn't have the right look, for instance, or didn't sound like what, you know, like what the people who are already in the organization sound like and what they would Definitely. prefer to have. Yeah, Definitely. Um, we can't deny the fact that there will always be a level of bias in every situation. Hectic. Um, and when you walk into an interview room, you need to be, have been 10 steps ahead. You need to find out everything. How do they dress within that organization? Mm-hmm. One of the places that I worked um, was a big bank. And they are well known for having a sort of, in terms of the look, the actual visual look, in terms of how they dress and how they carry themselves. I would call it, personally, this is my own coin or term, um, I'd call it corporate sexy. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> I like that. while they definitely look um, professional and sort of, what's the word I would, I, I mean, essentially it's a very young company, like mm. a, a very youth-oriented company. Most of, the majority of people who work there are below the age of, 40, which is quite young for the corporate space. Even when you go up to the Exco, they are very, very young. Like yeah. I th- I th- it, the CEO himself is probably in his mid-40s um, maximum. So it's a very young place. And so by virtue of that, the the way they dress reflects that. Um, the men are known to wear happy socks, mm-hmm. which people find really funny. <laughs> um, uh, the women, I mean, you know, they're they're really well put together. I don't know how to explain it apart from just sort of corporate sexy. There's a there's a, a swag. There's a swag a exactly. vibe to yeah. it. Yeah, it's yeah. actually quite interesting because I can picture it. Yeah, I can picture bank and corporate sexy mm-hmm. next to each other, where you you get those slim fits, you know, those those pants yeah. that fit just right, exactly. the jacket you that know, buttons guys, up in the right place. Guys will wear. Um, trousers that only reach up to their ankles because mm. they want people to see their happy socks um, <laughs> um, ladies in the pencil skirt yeah. and the pencil heels exactly exactly so but if you compare it to another bank mm-hmm. that other banks might seem a bit more um a little bit more you know straight laced you know not as not as not as sexy not as youthful mm. um not that the two are sort of mutually exclusive but you can tell the difference in the energy and the vibe um and yeah i've i think that i've been in instances where um i've gone in and i probably got the job because i looked a lot more like what they would envision themselves working with or who they would envision themselves working with so i would definitely that's why that's why i talk about networking and doing the homework necessary beforehand before you even get to the interview stage and then meet you in person find out how they dress find out how they talk to each other find out what they do on weekends find out how they coming back to culture is it a very social clubby sort of place where you know they do drinks in the in the evenings um regularly or they one of the one of the places where i work they like to sort of on weekends they had this thing called booty where mm. um they would sort of get together a bunch of people would get together kill a goat and just sit and eat goat meat oh booty meaning goat gaston yeah. i thought yeah. you said booty i was like yo yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? What, is, what, is, what is that now hectic insider secrets okay yeah <laughs> yeah it literally just means goat like they would get together and eat a goat um and that's how they would sort of you know hang out yeah and even in those instances people are constantly talking about um 
you know insider knowledge within what's happening within the company and a lot of opportunities can come from those sorts of um opportunities yeah to hang out and network cool. so even within your organization you're constantly networking yeah i was about yeah. to ask that um just in terms of networking right is it one of those where you're constantly stepping up to people at conferences and trying to figure out and get their card and trying to you know keep them in a direction in case you need some of their services or what do you mean by ongoing like is it really also just like reaching out to people within the organization and i guess that that really answers that but i mean if we think about the average introvert for example or or someone who has complexities with relationships how do you imagine they can sort of tap into the area of themselves or the boldness or the you know edge on to some confidence hidden inside of them to make conversations with people in such a way that can help sustain networks and connections. Okay, I think that's yeah. a really, I think that's a really good question yeah. because I think a lot of people get intimidated when they hear the word networking. Mm. Um and then you start envisioning or start putting pressure on yourself thinking that I need to be like the extroverts who just love meeting people and being in big groups and whatnot. Mm. I'm actually an introvert. Yeah. Or I or I identify as okay, fair. I I'm a, I'm a bit of both. Okay. Um but I lean more towards introversion. Mm. And yet most of my closest friends don't even realize that about me. Um because the truth is I've had to, I've had to learn to put myself out there. Um however, a level of self-awareness is also important to know what your limits are, what your boundaries are. Um and to try and maneuver conversation in such a way that you actually feel a bit more comfortable. Mm-hmm. So I know that I'm not necessarily the kind of person who will just walk straight up to someone and introduce myself. Um I, that's not I'm not really a one-on-one kind of person. Yeah. And so in terms of making first impressions, I actually am more comfortable speaking to larger groups. Um and so what I specifically do when I go into um um whether it's a, a pa- you know a, i'm attending a panel discussion or a summit or whatever i make sure that i ask questions um and i make sure that i ask questions in front of people because i'm actually more comfortable to it's it's strange it's weird mm. you wouldn't associate that with a with an introverted personality but it's just the way that i've you know through self awareness i've come to understand i'm wired yeah. or how i'm wired yeah so i'll ask a question make sure that i have been visible to as many people in the room as possible which then makes it easier because if i've asked a question that resonated with someone somebody else will then feel more comfortable coming to talk to me during a break or during an interlude um i also find that in terms of 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 making myself visible to panelists or you know guest speakers or what not If you demonstrate the level of courage to be able to ask a question in front of people, you stand up more to a panelist. Yeah. And so they actually remember you. So yeah. if you then go and approach them during an interview, they're like, "Oh, I remember you asked that question and I thought it was really cool and what not what." And it makes it easier then to exchange business cards. I feel you. Um something that one of my mentors told me a while ago, this was a few years ago. He was just trying to demystify what it what exactly it is to network, yeah. um especially in open spaces with lots of people. And he said that if you find yourself in a situation where you feel uncomfortable or shy or you know just not really confident to approach people look for the naughtiest looking person in the room <laughs> and just approach them and make start conversation with them yeah you know because you find that like most people will will also have those that shyness or that that sort of trepidation about meeting new people and so look for those people and build a bond with them It doesn't mean that you have to approach the panelist or the guest speaker or the moderator. Yeah. Oftentimes the best and more meaningful connections are from the people from your peers. You know, your fellow um delegates or whoever. Yeah. Um Yeah, so that that would be my advice. Just find out what your specific um method is what works for you and and you know and go with it. And then go with it. Yeah. Do you know what I also find is quite useful because I also I I sort of get discouraged to attend networking events or whatever cuz some of them you realize you're really just there for the food and yeah. the free drinks yeah. and I'm just like yeah I totally know that's what I'm there for yeah. um I I tend to feel discouraged by people who ask questions in such a way that they want answers for the problems in their lives. Yeah. And I think it's also just advisable for people not to be those people. Yeah. It's like energy sucking. Yeah. Basically what you're doing is that you're taking away this this conversation that's 
designed to include a lot of people and yeah. bring people together in a space and you're bring it all yeah. to your it's so it's such a self-centered approach where it's like the idea is not designed around giving you solutions to your problems in life it's really about getting together in a room and seeing what opportunities you can spot to help each other with solutions from the skills you have you know a lot of the times that's what i imagine a lot of these spaces are introducing for us and sometimes someone has a solution for you today sometimes it's two weeks later sometimes it's at a different point in time but you're basically in a space where people are on top of the stage the panelists um to tell you what they've been up to and what they've learned because they've gotten to a certain point in their careers that's admirable mm-hmm. but they're really not there to like fix a quick fix and i think it would be advisable for people to also approach it in that way like don't personalize the experience because it bores other people and takes away from it do you know what i mean would you agree or do you reckon it's a bit on the i think it depends i think it's yeah a bit of, i think it's a bit of both i think you raise a really important note mm. that i personally believe that at any given point in time you are constantly positioning yourself um and you need to be aware of the fact that you're constantly um creating an impression about who you are from the way you stand yeah. from the way that you speak um and so I definitely agree that you become more approachable and more interesting as a person mm-hmm. if you make your your um your questions and your comments um inclusive. Yeah. Um and coming back to what I said about positioning. So just because say for instance again coming back to the whole panel discussion type thing and and being able to ask questions it's not also it's not simply just about asking questions as well because you need to remember that that you're also an expert within your field mm. whether you see yourself that way or not um whether you feel it or not whether there's a gap between your level of confidence and the way people might view you you are an expert and you you by showing up um it's also an opportunity for you to share ideas mm. and even respond to questions that other people have asked um and you position yourself as an influencer and a thought leader in that in that perspective nice very much akin to how you might share thoughts on linkedin or how you might join a group and you know it's oftentimes in these groups one of the key rules that they put mm. you know when you join is we don't we don't just want leeches or information leeches mm. we actually want you to participate and share your knowledge and share your insights and experiences mm. so if you ask a question for every question that you ask you know also share some insights so i think a bit of balance is important because there are there will be times when you're not going to get this opportunity again to talk to this person yeah so see you know copy dm see see the moment see the day um if you need to ask a question you might find actually that your question resonates with so many other people and maybe you have the courage to ask the question but um somebody else might not have that courage and in their heart they're probably thinking oh, I'm so glad you asked that because I was too scared to ask it myself you know so i think this you know balance is yeah. balance contributing is key. as much as you take yeah i feel you yeah um now when you're networking inside the company say you've gotten the job of your dreams or you've just gotten a job mm. and you're obviously networking inside of the company because you're working on a career and you want to grow for people who are afraid of authority mm. for instance mm. um how do you imagine or how have you worked through some of those things because i think that's a big one especially if we localize it all the way down to black people um we tend to grow up in such stringently structured um traditional families and ways and these rules and as a kid you have to obey them and then you go out into the corporate world and you're so afraid of authority because yeah. people are adults and then yeah. you don't even realize that you're pushing away the capacity to engage with the energy of fear um i don't know if you've personally been through that mm-hmm. i know i have um but how are some of the ways that you feel like you've overcome or you can overcome as an individual you know what i mean just from experience because sometimes we learn the hard way if no one is nudging you saying yo fam just relax um especially for example i don't know when you work in agency as an individual you know you got the, you got the friday drinks and you've got that there's a lot of net, like networking and socializing that tends to happen in those more relaxed type of working environments but you still find yourself afraid um of seniority mm. how can you just chill the f out and, like be kumbaya with the reality that you're allowed to ta- to chat to your bosses and in some cases there's even a disclaimer that as an open door policy mm. again a really good question um i'll answer it in two parts mm. um I can very much relate to the whole fear of authority um 
and, and feeling intimidated by people, I think it's a natural response. It, it, it's something that never leaves you, no, no matter how old you get or how accomplished you become. Mm. You never stop being human and there will always be something about another person that intimidates you or makes you feel a little bit shy. Um, so it's okay. It's okay to acknowledge that. Um, but from my own personal experience, um, I moved to the UK when I was 24 and I, I was coming out of an African context. Um, and in terms of the job search, the one thing that we were constantly encouraged to do as international students was to forget about the timidity, to forget about the the cultural yeah the the culturally instilled fear of authority figures um, and what we were constantly being told and we were singled out as Asian students African students literally in, in a piece of literature that I was reading uh, that was helping me sort of shape my CV that was shared with us by the, the careers and guidance guidance and counseling um, service was you know, they were speaking generally, and, I, and the sentence read: "In general, we we notice that African students and Asian students tend to be a little bit more timid um, when they are searching for work, and this could be a cultural thing, it could be whatever it is." And they literally said, you, "Within this environment, you have to learn to adjust, and you need to realize that the competition is hectic. You know, for just one job, there's probably going to be a thousand other candidates vying for the same job." So you've really got to put your best foot forward. You've got to be actually quite aggressive in in making yourself seen. So that that comes from the tone of your cover letter. It comes from the tone of your CV. And obviously, when I say aggressive, I don't mean like you know. I don't mean I don't mean like I'm gonna threatening to kill people. Or, you know, um, <laughs> I mean um, yeah. I mean really not being afraid to say that look i'm the best person for this job damn straight yeah i'm i you, you will never find anyone like me and, done did and you know what actually nigerians are really good at this yeah they're they're they are excellent because i worked for a company that a third of their revenue comes from nigeria um they're, they're headquartered in, in in manchester uk but most of their revenue comes from nigeria and often it's it's different dynamics um so oftentimes you would look at cvs and whatnot and you'd find that a Nigerian candidate will put in their profile that I'm a very handsome individual, um, more than You're capable. Kidding, right? yeah, more than capable of performing this job. Um, you know, you will never find anyone like me. Obviously, balance is, is key because coming back to culture, not, Yo, just, not just I would love to see yeah. a Nigerian person CVMs. <laughs> what? Not just not just organizational culture, but also the culture of the the country and whatever. You need to be sensitive. So obviously, in Britain, that's going to, that's going to be, um, you know, construed as arrogance. And oh my God, I don't like you know they they they're British people are very sort of self deprecating, um, so they they prefer a level of humility. But you still need to bring that level of um, I don't know how else to put Depreci- it, but a depreciating factor. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how boldness, else, I, I, boldness, but also you, people need to know that you are the shit. You yeah, know? they need to know what. We ain't playing. Yeah, I don't. I don't come here to play games. Damn straight. You, know, you will take notice of me, um, even if you don't give me this job. Yeah, you're gonna remember me. I feel you. You know, so there, you know, there. You can't deny. You can't deny the fact that um, visibility puts you a step ahead of the rest. Nice. So you just gotta keep stepping up. You you have to. Yeah. Put your hand out. Introduce yourself. Yeah. The second part of my 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 answer is the fact that uh, actually I I alluded to this earlier mm. in that you never stop being human and you never stop needing validation yeah and the best way that i have found to build connections or or a connection with um someone in a position of authority whether i'm sending them a cold email to introduce myself or um i'm meeting them in the corridors of the company is to compliment them hey you know if someone gave a speech um say for instance the ceo gave a speech um not just coming and saying, yeah, I really liked your speech, you know, I thought it was dope. Being targeted, being being listening to actually the content of what they say and coming and saying, I thought your speech was excellent. These are the points that I thought were great, you know. And um, if you are targeted and if you validate them, um, and I'm not talking about kissing ass, I'm talking about a genuine, authentic exchange mm. um, where you've actually listened You've internalized what they've said. You've thought about it. 
and you have come back with a, with a synthesis of what they were saying you know what they were um what they meant to convey yeah and so even if it hits the target or not the fact that you've thought about it again you've positioned yourself in the mind of this person for them to think wow this person actually puts thought into things and especially if you're young yeah people don't expect that of young people they expect us to just be drinking and you know going along for a job but if you if you put that foot forward to say i i actually think about what you said or what you say and i think about how it affects me and other people and you know the you know the the greater economy and all that sort of thing it's it puts you it sets you apart from everyone else yeah so just remembering that people are human they're just as human as you are everyone needs validation everyone needs um everyone needs to be seen and heard you never stop needing that um so if you come at it from that perspective in a targeted way then, yeah yeah then yeah it, it 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 makes a huge difference i feel you yeah that's a nice one as well because when you acknowledge other people nine times out of ten they'll also acknowledge you definitely um and if you make it memorable then it makes it easier it yeah. breaks the ice even more yeah. um i can appreciate that i think i'm gonna take that and run with it yeah. i normally compliment but i i just leave it at that I don't go further than that because then I, you know, run back into my yeah. head. Yeah. Um, and sometimes the, the points at which you're into, like, you're bumping into these individuals could be like quick, you know, quick moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's quite an, an efforted skill to be able to catch someone in the moment and be able to grab their attention quickly and then move. Mm-hmm. So, it, so you make it matter and you make them want to take that extra second to hear you out yeah. while they're getting to where they're going yeah and I, I you can come upon those moments organically yeah you know yeah. i've been in lifts um with whether it's a ceo or the head of this or you know director of that and you have it's it becomes awkward if you don't talk to each other mm. so make those moments count fair you know um if you're getting if you if you guys are standing in line for a coffee or or even at events that's a big one company events like get in there make friends with the corporate affairs team you know um find out what events the company's hosting or is potentially getting tickets for staff to attend attend those events you know look the part dress the parts make sure that you talk to people and engage yeah engage I, and that's the thing i think that's a very important word is engage because oftentimes we go to these events and we just sit at our tables and we only talk to the people that we're comfortable with the people that we know yeah and it's a complete waste of an opportunity such a waste man. you know because you never know when you'll get that chance again yeah to make an impression um so i mean people say that i'm that i'm intense because my mind is constantly working but um <laughs> you know you, you just have to sort of you have to constantly you know yolo man I'm yolo yeah you i only, feel you. you only live once but you only get oftentimes you only get this opportunity and you once. just gotta move yeah i feel you speaking of cvs earlier um there was some insightful information that you shared about the car strategy um you know does like putting your cv together for anyone can be such a tedious process depending on which stage yeah. of you know working experience you're at in your life mm-hmm. sometimes you're just starting you've just finished your degree and you're trying to get into the workforce Mm -hmm. um maybe you did pick up a few you know side side gigs and working gigs while you were in school which some people are very proactive and they do um some since high school some in tertiary just savvy people um others because they need to or you're in a stage in your life where you're midway through your career um and you've been moving around and you're either trying to transition into another career or you're trying to get another job as an individual um and you now have to deal with how your work experience shapes you for this position so now you're done with the bio um where you've introduced yourself as this bold good looking uh, individual who's worthy of this position um but what other intriguing elements can you add to your cv with those skills or also what structure let me say is intriguing so that you stand out you know a lot of us can just write there we've done this we've done that um but what really really makes them bite take take a look and 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 feel like you you're worth being seen um just also drawing from the car the car strategy which i think is a powerful one and you explained it very beautifully the other day okay um again coming back to what i said about Mm. making sure that at every point you're putting your best foot forward and um not being shy or timid to say that 
I, I, you know, I did this. I contributed to something incredible, and I did incredible things within my my previous um, experiences. Um, one thing that I would say is really important when putting your CV together, and you've you've mentioned this in passing, is don't just put what you've done in a job role like under res- roles and responsibilities, because again, there will be a thousand people applying for that same job, and it's expected that all one thousand of those people should have similar points of experience so you know if you know a financial manager should know a thing or two about numbers Mm -hmm. and understanding how numbers work and you know so there's there's so there's i mean there's even within the job the job description or the job um advert you can literally just copy and paste that for everyone and spread it across what really stands out about an individual is their achievements what you have achieved in your past so if you contributed to a 50% revenue increase for whatever job that, you know, for your company, or um, if you won, if you won, um, if you pitched for a high profile um, piece of work with a, with, a, with a high profile client, you need to put that on your, on your CV and definitely name drop and mention names that people will recognize, you know, because people also judge you by your by your by your associations so if you've want to pitch with a client who is a big player in a, in a specific industry particularly within the industry that um the company that you're applying to is a player in it'll make them more interested in you as a candidate because then they'll say oh this person knows you know this person has worked at this place and this is a big company within our industry and it, it's it says a lot about you it'll probably say that they don't need they won't need to spend as much money training you um, that you're heavily networked within the industry, um, but also the fact that you might have been hired by sp- or, or taken on board by specific companies, um, they're going to judge you based on that. Mm. So these are the things that make you stand out. Name drop people as well. If you've had the opportunity to work with certain people, if you have, um, yeah, if you've worked with certain people who are big players within an industry, definitely mention those names in your CV. Um, and these are the sorts of things that people tend to be very shy or timid about putting in their CVs. But again, you're competing with so many other people, and you've got to you've got to put something that that um, sets you apart. Yeah. Now, in terms of the car, in terms of the car um, analogy or approach, um, this applies when you're putting your C- your either your CV together or if you're asked to do um, an online job application where you need to fill in competency-based questions so what car stands for is the c is context the a is um, action and the r is result Mm. so i firmly believe that you should constantly be talking about what you did you know what contribution you specifically made within um within an instance you set the context for it so for instance um if they ask you a question to say um you know talk about uh, you know your typical competent competency based question um is describe a time when you had to deal with a difficult customer or you had to deal with a difficult situation so you set the context um say for instance i don't know what what i can draw from my own personal experience um <laughs> yeah. That's one of those moments you definitely don't want to have in an interview, fam. Yeah. I know, like, it's gone. It's out the window at that point yeah. in time. No, I'm just trying to think about... It also has to be something that that, that also has gravitas and is memorable. Yeah. Something um, powerful. It's very introspective, mm-hmm. this this job, you know, CV yes. designing process. Because um, you also have to look at yourself very carefully and, like, succinctly. You have to overcome some blockages along the way that make you see something as less than what it actually can be mooked for mm. um you have to remember things that you did in moments that you want to put behind you and it's yo i don't i don't know if there's any more reflective work than putting a cv together just in terms of career paths there's yeah. obviously other areas of existence yeah. that need introspection yeah, yeah. But that can make it so tedious and so scary. And I think that's why a number of people find themselves just handing in whatever CV they have or throwing their hands up and feeling like, ah, maybe I don't deserve this job after all. Or like, I'm not going to go for that job because I don't have the right qualities. Simply because instances... And it's also weird because while you're going through some of these challenges, you're not actually taking note that, yeah, one day I'm going to need to remember this. 
so that I can tell my next manager how I overcame this. Mm. So it becomes a very tricky one. Um, I know when I try to reflect when I'm trying to put my CV together, um, I get frustrated before I even start because of the anxiety of thinking of these different scenarios at these different workspaces um, that have shaped me into the person I feel the next employer needs to have on board, you know? Um, the, the worst question that they always ask is, tell us the last time you were in a challenging situation at work and then how did you overcome that and how would you ensure you don't do it again? And you're just like, and I guess that's why you need to go through interview preparation questions because it's like, yeah, what next? Definitely. Where do you take definitely. yourself? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that should be standard practice with, because the questions are all the same, to be mm. honest. I mean, you, there's very few instances where you won't be asked to talk about what is your greatest strength or what is your greatest weakness. Yeah. But you also have to be very strategic in how you answer such questions because even when describe or explaining what your weakness is, it needs to be shaped in such a way that still puts across a positive side of you. Mm. Um, so, you know, typically people will talk about how they are perfectionists, you know, and, and you know, in, in response to the question of what's your greatest weakness, they'll say something like, I'm a perfectionist, um, you know, I, I just want things to be done really well. And sometimes that takes me a bit of time to, to, to churn out work. Um, so, I, so I recognize that as a, as a weakness, but at the same time, when my work does come out, it's of a really high standard. So you've still managed to spin things around in a positive way. Mm. You do need to be, remember that whoever is interviewing you will probably, an HR, will probably be an HR manager or someone with a lot of experience of interviewing candidates. So you, you don't, don't want to take, take them for granted. They're not stupid. Um, um, so your questions still need to be authentic mm. or your answers rather still need to be authentic and honest. Um, and it's okay to express a bit of vulnerability. Um, I've found in instances where I've, where I've gone up for interviews, um, just to say that, you know, I really did struggle with this and it, it and it's something that was a major challenge for me. And, and, and in some ways it affected me so much that I struggled for, to find an answer for days, mm. but I, you know, I still was tenacious enough to keep at it. Um, and not give up. Yeah. And by the end of it, I I came I came to I came to the the result that I wanted, and that then sort of helped everyone else in the team. Yeah. You know. So I think you know, like, allow yourself to be a bit human in these instances. Um, I don't know. I feel like I didn't, I haven't really answered your the question of the car. But <laughs> the only the only the only real advice I can give is. Mm like really study these competency-based interview questions um and it'll be different answers for different people yeah but like you mentioned you know very very rightfully so that you've got to do the, the reflection and you've got to do the work necessary for you to pull up those instances those those instances those con the, those, those contextual moments um that will really pull a person's attention um, and draw them in because you're telling a story you're setting the scene for a story really important uh, is to is to mention or, or to stress what specific action you took within that instance and then a positive result out of that mm. um, you'll find a million of those sorts of um, approaches online if you look but yeah yeah so I could, I'm also just trying to imagine like in terms of the car method um for instance, if you're in PR, um, a context could potentially be um, there was a listeriosis breakout. That's your context, you know. Um, and then your action, I guess, would be how you unpack or how you dealt with the matter and what was your role in dealing with the matter and ensuring that the company still maintains its reputation, right? And yeah. or still re retains its customers yeah. as well, doesn't lose its customers, or even if it does, how you go back and try and gain them. Yeah. Um, Maintaining trust within main the whole process. Yeah. Remain like transparent communications with people. Yeah. Yeah. And then and what then the result would be whatever the result is. Yeah. Uh, we lost or you lost less than expected yeah. or, or, you made, you know, or you maintained you the maintained, numbers yeah. um, and, you know, consumers were, I don't know, 
reassured by whatever it is that you, yeah. the measures that you were taking mm-hmm. okay i think that that would work as an example for someone to cogitate on if they really mm-hmm. want something mm-hmm. um to chew on so that they understand how to apply it to themselves yeah, yeah. But, I, but you know having I, i also think it's really important to stress for people who are just coming out of school mm. um because it's also a particularly intimidating um process for them putting their cv together when you think but i haven't i haven't i don't have i have no i have no work experience i haven't worked uh, you know a proper job um you know there is no experience that is that is irrelevant or unimportant even if you had a job say at like when i was doing my ma i worked at mcdonald's for six months mm. you know um and i was doing other other bits and bobs so please tell me when you're working at mcdonald's which which section were you in were you putting on the bun or were you putting on the lettuce <laughs> or were you putting on the tomato nah, <laughs> i i insisted i <laughs> i insisted on, on being customer facing okay cool because actually you know people like to look down on mcdonald's but actually in in the uk mm. um it's seen mcdonald's is seen as a high value employer like the employer brand is strong nice because the training the work ethic is strong and they also have um training programs so you enter as a junior member of staff mm. and there's people who work there for years and make it to managerial level or even get to head office or become franchisees mm. so so that must have definitely worked in your favor yeah now and then and then being able to say that I was customer facing yeah um especially if you if you're somebody who's just come into the country recently it demonstrates a willingness to embrace a new culture um Dope. it shows that you have courage as well um but it also it it puts you in in good stead if you're seen as somebody who's able to work with people across different cultures and relate to people from different places yeah. you know and just are able to sort of engage mm. uh, it puts you across as a strong candidate i feel you yeah. so basically that the just around that the idea would be like just be as proactive <clears throat> as possible even throughout your studies so yeah. that by the time you get to scenarios like that you're not too short of things to say yeah. um but even if you don't chem work because i know there's some parents that don't want their kids working yeah. um part time while they study yeah. um and which... it's, it's okay then to draw from personal experiences or mm. look for situations even in your academic life because we all face challenges in our academic life. Yeah. You know, if you're a science student and maybe the let's say the context was or the challenge was that um you're trying to put together this 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 experiment um and the equations are not balancing. Hey, it's been a long time since I did science, but <laughs> the equations are not balancing or or the chemical reactions are not doing the things that they're supposed to do. Mm. Um and you've spent hours and hours on end trying to figure out out how to do things. You know, talk about that and what action you took to then whether it was you experimented with different mixtures of chemicals or you called someone who maybe has a bit more experience and they you know that sort of thing i feel you and then the and then basically the point is that there isn't anything in your life or any situation that you can't necessarily draw from it's really just about ha- being being um having done enough practice to and the reflective work to quickly draw from you know from whatever it is that taught you whatever yeah. it taught you yeah to, to in give, relation to what you're applying exactly. to now yeah to give a compelling answer yeah because another thing that that you need to remember is that you know the hiring managers whoever it is that is looking for the candidates they're rooting for you to succeed seriously yeah they are some of them can be so intense though yeah some of them can be so intense but i guess they're also rooting for you to get the position because they did sift you out out of the, a bunch of exact and, you know CVs the thing and... is you 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 never want to be in a position where a role that needs to be filled is not filled ah uh, okay you know? all right so so whether it's a recruiter that you're working with to help you find work or you've come in you know you've your your CV has been picked out from the millions that came in yeah and you've been you've been eyed as a potential candidate they want you to come and put your best foot forward because they need to they need to fill that position see why i like chatting to you about these things fam <laughs> that's so insightful like i didn't see it or imagine it that way but that's such a beautiful aha moment there it's enlightening like yeah. oh okay kana so you actually and in fact i think that give, could give a person that extra you know spring in their step 
knowing that they actually want to fill this position and I could be the one that they want to fill yeah. it with. So, you know, just get themselves hyped on that as well. Mm. Nice. I didn't imagine it that way. I thought they just want to talk, like they just want to tear into you. They just want to really practice no. that human instinct of authority and power. No. Um, and have you there You also sweating. need to remember, I think, that's, I think you raise a good point, but you need to remember that they, the reason they're in the room with you mm. is to see you to meet you you know mm. it's you have you have just as much authority as they do um if you have been singled out and you've made it to you know one of the later stages of an, of an application process is this now early stage recruit like early in your career type recruitment or this is now at when, any you're, point, when you're skilled at any point okay at any point um i think it applies yeah because remember we need to talk about what talent means to a company. Mm. You can only, you'll only go as far as the quality of the people that you hire. And from graduate level, you want to attract the top, the best graduates. Yeah. And when I talk about best, I'm not just talking in terms of academics. I don't want to discourage anyone who maybe might not have gotten the best grades or whatnot. Because one of the companies that I worked for, um, or worked with, their motto is we hire for attitude and we train for skill yo so it doesn't matter whether you have the specific technical still skills for a job or even if whether you have them or not if you don't have the right attitude and this comes back to company culture mm. if you don't have the right attitude if you're not a can-do person if you're not the kind of person who is willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that the work is delivered on time and quality and if you're not um, the kind of person who is able to get along, you know, mm. and make an effort to build relationships with clients, with your fellow colleagues in the organization, and really put yourself out there, then, you know, you might have all of the qualifications in the world, but you don't even know how to put them to use. Yeah. You know, so I would say at every level, companies are trying to uh, attract the best the best quality creme de la creme yeah. baby yeah vibes um, and they also need to do they need to do some work to attract you as well mm. and I'm not just talking about the package that they offer you but the training as well you know what training opportunities what what opportunities there are for career trajectory um, you don't want to hire someone who's brilliant and have them doing stuck in a job where they're not being challenged and they're not using their mental capabilities to the best of their ability because people, talented people get frustrated with those sorts of situations. South Africa it's because of this affirmative action thing. Some properly talented people get locked down into companies that really just need to fill the quota. And then they don't realize, Jorge, just because of the color of your skin and whatever stereotypes they have, it doesn't mean that you're not looking to work amidst excellence. And it doesn't mean that you're not searching for excellence. I remember working at a particular company where this guy came in he was well sought after and it was a black guy he came into the agency literally they were excited to have him they had even announced that he'll be joining us which which was very relatively rare in most cases um and he joined the company literally for a day or two and day three he was gone no one knew where he was and i think he could just sense that that just the frustration he had done his personal like um research as well as to whether this is the kind of place he wants to apply himself and a lot of people who do really well find themselves caught in these mediocre um job situations also because they they have to make a living and they've got black techs and they some of them are breadwinners so i think it's it's you're really lucky as a person when you when you do come into contact with companies who value the level of excellence that you want to work at especially if it's high you know um, but I do understand the, the context that they don't want to bore you. Like if the, if they are functioning or their oper- modus operandi is really around excellence and ensuring that their business comes out tops, they don't want to bore the good ones. But it's, it's just as much your responsibility as well to create opportunities for yourself. Mm. Um, because actually what you've just described is, is the norm actually. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I I have a lot of I know a lot of people who are in situations like that. Yeah, just they're disgruntled with where they with where they work. Mm. Um, the culture isn't right. It's actually quite often that the culture is toxic. 
Um, that's a whole other story. But what I'm driving at is, even within a toxic environment, you know, it's still possible to be looking for opportunities to develop your your skills. Mm. You know, um, volunteer in other departments. Um, you know, companies are constantly coming up with these new schemes where you can be seconded to a different department to learn skills and just understand how the business operates as a whole, as opposed to just being limited to one aspect mm. you know um seek out those opportunities um it's also important to find mentors as well sure um if you can find one within the organization that amazing mm. and it doesn't have to be the sort of thing where you formalize it and you know you're my mentor type thing if you find someone who's interested enough in your in in you and your growth and your development and they're willing to sit with you from time to time you know um you know you know enlighten you to things that maybe previously you hadn't and you know value those people cherish them and, and build those relationships and also from your peers as well mm. um and coming always coming back to what i said about networking that's how you learn about these opportunities yeah and how you become visible enough for people to say oh no i know emma she works she works in finance but actually she's she's expressed an interest in you know in what the corporate affairs guys are doing um and you know or whichever other you know departments they are yeah so word of mouth is also still one of the strongest ways to definitely to get things out there definitely yeah a lot of the opportunities i've had have come from me just having a conversation conversation with somebody to say i really want to do this really interested in this kind of work and then when an opportunity came up that they were aware of they recommended me because they said she's passionate about that sort of thing yeah you know so why don't you just talk to her like again everyone wants to get their work done they want they want to they want to ensure that their deliverables are you know met on time mm. or delivered on time and you know and if you can find willing candidates that's half the battle done i like that this is sort of how we you know have progressed with the conversation so almost a good way to wrap it up because yeah. it 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 loops exactly how we started from understanding the culture fit mm. and how you become a culture <clears throat> fit in that context understanding networking um putting your best foot forward in the CV mm. um and altogether how that influences how you can progress in the workspace as an as a as an individual but also using the resources around you to better tap into the opportunities yeah. that are there right mm-hmm. thanks for having this chat with me um very insightful I suspect I might have future um chats with you. <laughs> uh, just because at every corner just as I think wow you dropped a, you dropped a gem there are more gems to unpack. Um yeah. I think it would be <clears throat> delightful to tap into tap more into that yeah. idea of work toxicity, you yeah. know, those those kind of environments and how they create problems for us. Um and to the listeners guys, yo, I don't know man. Don't you ever say I don't do nice things for you because these are gems and that that has that Emma has dropped and I just feel like you got to share the knowledge um so don't listen by yourself if you've been touched let another person know um props to Ems thanks for joining me on this podcast you are most welcome um and if anything I hope that this podcast can help you listening or someone comes to mind that um you imagine it could help and we can just spread the knowledge and just get better at what we're doing in life in general thanks for tuning in